Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, you know, there's just so many things on my heart, just so many things in just in what's happening in our lives right now. But I do just want to kind of hone in. So let me pray for a minute. Okay. God, thank you. Yay. Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yeah. Just thank you for being here. Thank you for speaking, directing, for loving. Yeah. Thank you for what you do. Every single person here in this room, Lord, we're so special to you. I thank you that you know right what we need to hear today, what we need to give today. Yeah. And we just thank you for being right here in our midst, that you are all knowing, all loving God. Yeah. So just have your way, Lord. Speak your words through me and just, yeah, just give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to respond Hmm. to the glory of your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about something that I've had on my heart a little bit, and uh, it's honor. We're going to talk about the road to honor. And as I was thinking even about the songs this morning and just kind of the things that we're praying, even when I came up and talked about a, you know, a few minutes ago about what are we believing for when we say, let your kingdom come, I really believe that honor is the language of heaven, okay? And it's what prepares us. It's what positions us. It makes us kind of ready and able to receive and to let God do what he wants to do, okay? So we're going to talk about the road to honor. When I was thinking about what I really want to get across this morning and what I feel like what God wants to say is that, you know, ultimately we're all called to look like Jesus. We're called to live like Jesus, be a reflection of Jesus. Not just here on Sunday morning, because sometimes that's the easy part, right? You know, it's kind of easy to get up, look pretty, and you know, hey, how's it going? Yeah, great to see you. That's the easy part. But the challenges come when we leave the doors here, right? The real life, the everyday situations, the family relationships, the relationships with real people, the reality of the real world, right? But even there... We're still called to reflect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what we get to do, if you want to just throw it up there, Daniel, remembering that New Life Fellowship is a diverse, supernatural community of people. We get to help people what? Look at your neighbor and say, hello, Jesus Christ with skin on. That's who you are. That's who we are, right? Hello, Jesus Christ in the flesh. That's who we are. Now, obviously, I'm not Jesus, but we are his representatives. We're his ambassadors. So you may be, how many times have we heard that? The only person, the only Jesus somebody ever sees, right? So that's not to put pressure on us, but it is to remind us of who we are and who we get to be. So what is honor? When I talk about what honor is, I've looked up some definitions. I think about what it is in my own mind. We asked some of our leaders this week. Um, Honor is really when you give someone respect, when you have a high merit of respect for them, you kind of hold them in a public esteem. You can like say good things about them or wow. Yeah, I honor you. You think highly of them. And you show a real courteous regard for them. Okay? Great respect. A couple of places that I thought about this, you know, it's like when I was even praying, I was thinking about what an honor it is to pray for Lydia and Sarah this morning. You know, honor looks like different things. It's a privilege to get to do the things that we get to do. We get to choose for them to be a privilege, but that's choosing honor, which is a choice. I was thinking about, we were at Chick-fil-A this week. We talk about this a lot. Um, How many of you know when you go to Chick-fil-A, they give you your food, you say thank you, they say? 
My pleasure, right? My pleasure. That's honor. Now, they've been trained to say that. Places that you go, when you say thank you, people say my pleasure. You say, ah, were you trained at Chick-fil-A? That's something that shows, you know, it's an honor to serve you. It's an honor to do this for you. There are ways that honor looks and comes. And I feel like God wants us to talk about that a little bit this morning. I was thinking about Beauty and the Beast. You know, that little scene where they've set out the tables and they say, be our guest, be our guest. Right. It's like there's the service there that we can't wait to honor you. And I feel like that's exactly what Jesus wants us to really, really get down in our hearts and in our spirits about others. And that's not an easy thing. Okay, it's easy when you're in the movies. You can just make it happen like that. Um, You know, we've talked about there. How many of you I was thinking about you, Daniel? Is there like a Marine Corps code of honor or like an honor code or something that you live for, live by military? Core value, okay, um, which is something that everybody lines up with. Everybody says it. Everybody knows it. When you think about your code of honor, your core values of honor, it's like we're all on the same page and we're going for the same thing. Don't you think God wants the church to be doing that, right? Yeah, we're all on the same page. That's kind of what that vision statement is. We're a supernatural, diverse community of people helping others encounter Christ. That's who we are. That's what we do. We get to do that. We get to be a part of that. You ever heard of the honors system? You know, do it by the honor system. We got, I was thinking about this. There's a bookstore downstairs, a little bookstore. You know, we've got books. And before we had like a setup, they were, they were just kind of in the back of the church sitting here. If you need a book, grab a book. Tell somebody. It's kind of honor system. We try not to encourage stealing. But, you know, I'm sure it's happened. Maybe a book walked off sometime. CD, I have no idea. But there is a trust factor when you set a culture of honor, Right. So people know that they're free to do it, not necessarily that it's right to do it, but obviously we want to have things put in place so we can do things well. But I was thinking about this little uh, farmer's market in Ohio we went to once with mom. By the way, mom is with the family uh, this weekend. There was a death in the family. One of mom's cousins died. So she's got a lot going on there. So we just bless mom this morning as well. But we were traveling to one of her cousins. They have a big farm out in the middle of the Amish country, Ohio. And we went and visited some other uh, farmer's markets along the road. And sure enough, there's just signs at every single one of them. Leave your money in the box. Take what you need. Leave your money in the box. Take your vegetables. Get Take your fruit. Leave your money in the box. And there's something about that way of life, that culture of life that just says, you know what? It's not really mine anyway. It's going to bless me if you do what I need you to do, but I'm not going to hold you to it. I'm not going to be the law. I'm not going to do this now. There are places that need law because we need to establish boundaries. But when you do things by the honor system, it shows that there really is a trust involved, right? There's an esteem involved. So God has told us that this year is a year of growth. And honor is a key component to our growth. Because as we grow, God's going to entrust us with more. Because it's not always going to look just like it looks right now. Okay, do we want that? No, this is kind of nice. And you guys are really kind of beautiful. I love to see it. But this isn't all there is. And God wants to give us more. And honor is a component that helps us grow. Okay, Um, my word from the Lord this year, I thought this was kind of interesting as I thought about it. You know, Pastor Chris has been saying, you know, what's your word? What is God speaking to you? Which I'm going to remind us all about right now as I'm talking about this. What's the Lord been speaking to you about this year that he wants you to grow in? Wants you to have just that area, that heart that says, okay, God, I want to grow. I want to be different. I want to, 
I want to be challenged. So my word this year, I heard it plain as day when first Chris ever started talking about it back in January, was study. Okay? For those of you that know me, you know I'm not a studier. I don't study well. I slid and skid through school, and I'm very happy that I did. Thank you, Jesus. But study is something that involves sitting and focusing and thinking and meditating and planning and researching. And sometimes I just don't have time for all that. So I really felt like God was specifically speaking that to me, given the next season of life that I'm about to enter into. And so sure enough, when this came up today, I had to say yes, because I'm like, okay, God, I want to run. I want to obey. I want to do what's right. And so I said, I'm going to study. I'm going to do this. So that's kind of why I'm here. So I'm just standing before you as an example. Okay. No matter what God's asking you to grow in, it's going to not just be for you. It's going to be for others. I don't have all that. I'm not the the voice of everything right now. You know that. But there's something that obviously God wants to do right now. And we're going to believe that he's going to speak that through me to you. So honor doesn't happen by accident. Okay. It's an intentional thing. We have to actively look to honor people. And honor, when you do it, when you say it, when you live it, when you breathe it, honor builds people up. It encourages other people. And It's never wasted, okay? Honor can never be a waste of our time. So we're all on a journey. We're all on a road. And I'm just going to briefly sum up the prodigal son for a minute, okay? We know the story of the son. The father has two sons. The son says, you know what? I'm just old enough. I want my money. I want my inheritance now. Give me what's mine. Give me what's coming to me. So the father graciously says, here you go. Here's your money. Here's your inheritance. The son takes it. He was pretty foolish, takes it, goes out, spends it, squanders it, just basically throws it away, okay? Has nothing left. He's sitting with the pigs, eating the slop in the pig's field. Pigs, what do they live in? Pen, trough, whatever. Pigs. And so he comes to his senses. He has an aha moment. Oh, my gosh, here I am in the pigs. And it's like, he, he, rec- he remembers and, and recognizes, hold on a second, you know, life was better with my dad. Life was better in father's house. And he says, I know what I need to do. I need to go. I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to go back and tell him I'm so sorry. God, I'm not, I mean, father, I'm not even worthy to be your son. Just make me a servant. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I just want to be back here around the house. I know this is the right place. We know the story, right? So he comes to his senses. He's going down the road, coming down the long driveway or whatever is road back in that day. And the father sees him running. I mean, sees him coming. And the father starts running. He's like, oh, my gosh, there's my son. I thought he was dead. And here he is coming down the lane, coming down the road, coming back to me. And they get, you know, can you just imagine the embrace that they have? They get to embrace each other. And the father says, bring the ring, bring the robe, kill the best cow, you know, whatever. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate. The son that I thought was dead, he's alive and let's celebrate. So the son had an awakening that caused him to change his path. He changed the road that he was walking on. Okay. The father who really is a picture of our father. He never, ever swayed from his path all along. He believed in his son. He loved his son. He knew what was best for his son, but he didn't withhold good things from his son. And he knew that his son needed to learn his own journey. And so 
It's like the son made a choice to decide, I'm going to change my path. How many of you have ever changed your path? How many of you like, oh, I have a story. My life was a whole lot different than what it looks right now. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And the Bible tells us that we need to be the ones that testify to the graciousness and the goodness of God, right? We need to be able to give a testimony. You know, I used to look like this. I was in darkness. I used to look like this. But now I changed my path. And, you know, sometimes that changing your path might even be like yesterday (laughs) and it might be in different areas you know I used to be a smoker and now I'm not you know I came to my senses I realized oh I don't want to do that to my body anymore and that's really true for me by the way I was a teenager and you know thought it was cool and so I just kind of kept doing it but you change your path you change your story and there are things about Pam that when somebody that knew me 30 years ago would say well that's the Pam I knew you know that doesn't necessarily look like the Pam today and we should Look different because our paths can change and ought to change when God takes them, right? Even the things that we were talking about this morning during worship. So the father couldn't wait to honor the son. He couldn't wait to say, bring the best everything, the robe, the ring, the cow, let's have a feast. So honor flows out of love all the time. We read in the, in, uh, the New Testament in Right where it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, at the very end of 12, which is right before the love chapter, right? 1 Corinthians 13. The very end of 12, it says, now I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And then 1 Corinthians 13 goes into the whole love chapter. What love is, what love does. Love is amazing. And so honor actually flows out of all of love because love holds everything together, right? Love holds the whole world together. Right after all of that, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, which I'll never forget this because I learned this at our church in Virginia. It says, follow the way of love. Everybody say that. Follow the way of love. Now you just got a scripture memory verse. You don't even have to think about it. Look, look what we just gained today. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Say it again. Follow the way of love. God has a way. He's got a plan. He's got a path. And he wants us to follow the way of love. Our church in Virginia used to be called Agape. And Agape means love. And so we got to name our own street. And they called it Agape Way. Which is pretty cool, right? You get to name your own street. Why not call it Agape Way? So there was always a street sign that says Agape Way. And when I saw that verse, I wrote Agape Way. Because that's the way of love. Because that's who God is. Follow the way of love. Okay? And love leads to honor. His ways lead to life. The message version of that scripture actually says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. Doesn't it? Because everything else is just clanging and loud and noisy and nobody wants it. Right? So honor flows out of love. First scripture where it's mentioned uh, that we actually can connect to it is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And we all know this verse. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given to you. Everybody says that's the first commandment with a promise. When you honor your mother and father, you will have a long life. You will live well. Things will go well with you. I actually read this in the message version as well. It says, honor your father and mother so you will live well, have a long life. And I thought he's such a good father that not only does he care about our now, but he cares about our later. 
And he also wants us to live long and prosper. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I knew there'd be people in the house doing it. Live long and prosper because that's who God is. Now, if you're a parent in the room, don't you care about your kids living long and prospering? If we have any sense, and you know, honestly, I don't know that we get this initially, but when we get a little older and our kids get a little older and you get out of the the craziness of the littleness, the babies and the toddlers and the preschoolers, We really want our kids to live well. We want them to live a long life, don't we, as parents? We really want to know that's what's going to happen later. When it's not up to me to help them make their decisions, you know, about which color shoes to wear with my shirt. You know, simple things like that. But the reality is we really, as parents, want our kids to live a long life, to live well. And we want them to live it God's way, the agape way, to follow the way of love. We don't ultimately get to be in charge of that. We get to let them, equip them, empower them to make their own decisions, right? Just like all of us do. So that's part of what we get to help them do. But when we honor our mother and father, now that's not just our natural mom and dad. That's our spiritual moms and dads. That's people that are in authority over us, people that lead us, people that may not always agree with us and tell us what they think is right. But when we honor them, God blesses us with long life. So uh, Romans chapter 12, this is actually the verse, and I think it's in the bulletin today, that really just is so simple to sum up what honor is. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Right? Simple, straightforward, nothing to it. It shows us what the kingdom of God is like. And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Doesn't it sound so easy on paper? Just honor one another above yourselves. Okay, I got it. Got it. Got it. I can do that. By the way, I'm just going to put in a little footnote here. Romans chapter 12 and the message has become like my favorite life chapter right now. If you have a little time and you want to go read something that's going to stir you, challenge you, help you know, Romans chapter 12 in the message, good stuff. But honor one another above yourself. So honor is a choice. And it's a choice, guess what, not to put me first, but to put others first. Yikes. Seriously. Let somebody in line in front of you. Ooh. Let that car go before you. Let that person go before you. Have a little patience. Honor is an intentional choice. To prefer others above me and mine and what I want and what I expect. And I'm, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to anybody in the room. Because we all need to hear this, okay? Wow, God, we just thank you that you're with us. And honestly, that is the reality. We can't do it on our own. We needed Jesus. Yay. He's our Savior. He's our Counselor. He's the one that helps us. His Spirit is in us. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. I want to. Oh, I don't want to. I really want to do what's right. I don't want to do what's right. Forget it. I am not doing what's right. Don't we do that battle? Right? We're in conflict. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. In other words, we don't have to do it 
we get to do it. Right? We don't have to do what the Spirit says. We really get to be like Jesus. We really get to do what the Spirit says. So he's given us his Spirit and he's given us his Word because he knew we couldn't do it on our own, in our own strength. Because what happens when we try that and when we do that, it's, it's, it'll work for a little while, maybe. Right? You know, I can do some things. Pam and, and, and my own little self-confidence, self-strength, self-esteem, self-everything, you know, whatever, discipline, all those things. I can accomplish some things. I can get the job done if I need to. But ultimately, if I forget or I don't acknowledge God in my ways, I'm going to fall. It's not going to turn out in the long run, honestly. And we all know that because we have our stories to tell. I have my stories to tell. But Psalm 119 Verse 105 says that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So he's given us his spirit and he's given us his word. So I want you to hold up your word, however you hold it up in an electronic or paper version. And just say, God, thank you for giving me your word. I want to hide it in my heart to live the life of honor. You've called me to live. And honestly, you know, if there's people that if you don't have some way to get a Bible, we'll help you. Bibles are very easy to come across now. We don't live in a third world country where they don't have Bibles. They don't have scripture. This is the bread of life. It's the words of Jesus. Yikes. It's like everything we need is right there. And it's so relative and relevant. Relevant. Is that the right word? Relevant to right now. Um, So there are several areas in our lives where we have control to choose to honor. So I'm going to talk about three areas. Okay. You with me? Okay. Three areas where we get to choose to honor and show off God. Okay. First, we get to honor with our thoughts. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Okay, uh, Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 in the message version. Do we have that up there? Do we have it in the message version? Okay, we don't have it in the message version. So guess what? I'm going to read it in the message version. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your mind and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, The best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, nothing to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God will make everything work together. He will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Now, we all know that is what's up here. You know, think on all of these things. Think on things that are true. Think on things that are right, that are noble. I love how it says it. We're going to do the best. We're going to do what's best by filling our minds with things that are true, things that are reputable. God's going to make our life be like a harmony. For those of you that love music, you know the sound of that harmony. And... I really feel like God wants us to remember that out of the abundance of our heart, of our mind, of the things that we think on the inside, that's what speaks, right? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So how's your thought life? Seriously, how's our thought life? When you think about people around you, when you come across people, what are you thinking about them? 
What do you think about people that you don't know? What do you think about people that you do know? What do you think about your neighbors? What do you think about your coworkers? What are you thinking about family? Think about that. How's our thought life? Are we really thinking about their great kingdom destiny? Are we really thinking about, wow, I want them to live long and prosper? Maybe God put them right here with me so that we could do that together. Or are we just like opposite of that, which I'm going to talk about in a minute? Seriously, what's our thoughts? Because, you know, that's the beginning. When you come into a situation, it's your thought first, isn't it? Well, no, that's not true. I guess sometimes we do speak first, don't we, before we ever think about something. But that's where when we do have the control of what we're doing, we choose to think first. Let me think. Okay, you know that whole five seconds? Count to five. Count to ten. Whatever it is. Think about it before you speak. How many times have you ever heard that? So what's our thought life like? What are we thinking about the people around us? Are we thinking about them like Jesus thinks about them? Because that's living a life of honor. Guess what? It really matters what we think. It really matters what we think. Look at your neighbor say that. It really matters what we think. You believe it? Yeah. Okay. The next place we get to choose to have control of how we honor is with our words. Yikes. We honor with our words. So if thoughts weren't hard enough, and remember, I'm just speaking to me as much as I'm speaking to anybody. We honor with our words, thoughts, words, what comes out. If it's in there, it's going to come out. Sometimes it comes unfiltered. Sometimes we say filter, right? Put a filter on it. And, you know, I'm really saying that there are things that are going to be fun and silly and just dumb. And, you know, it happens, right? But I'm talking about living a life of intentional honor, thinking about what you say, thinking about what's coming out of your mouth when things could be a whole lot better, okay? Don't be critical or condemning. You know, I talked to my class this morning, the guys, I was like, you know, when you think about your family, because we did a little family tree thing, we talked about roots, the roots of our family. When people think about your family, you think about your family, what words would you use to describe it? How would you say your family's known? My family's known for what? What would people say about your house, your family? And this is kind of cool because teenagers don't ever do this. You know, so it was kind of neat. Caleb and Silas, we got to talk a little bit about our families. What do people think about? What do they think the picture of our household, our family? You know, not just me and mine, but like our extended, you know, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles. What's your family known for? How would you describe characters, traits, values, that sort of thing? Critical? condemning, right? I do not want to be known as that, although I can do it. You know, God helped me change that about my language. Remember, our words really, really matter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Can I tell you honestly, though, I cringe when I hear people dishonor with their words. I do. I don't know how it makes you feel, but when somebody talks you know, about whoever or whatever, there's something inside of me that just cringes because I'm like, ugh, people are so precious and valuable. Come on, we're created in the image of Christ. Don't let that stuff spew out of your mouth. You know, we need to value each other and honor each other. It starts in our thoughts, but sometimes those words, gosh, they need to be just as intentional to speak life to people. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. 
Good stuff. Such a good reminder. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's so simple. These are, this is all just simple stuff in the Bible. Seriously, I'm not a big deep person here. Come on. This is simple stuff. Simple stuff in the word. Kingdom, simple honor. Okay? The Passion Translation, Chris has read it before and I absolutely love it. I'm just going to read it to you simply. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. Ugh, if our words were drenched with grace, wow, I think that'd be a cool thing to be around and in the middle of a whole lot more, don't you? <sighs> Jesus said he would know, we, they would know us by our love. We'd be known by the love that we have. That comes out of our mouth sometimes.